0: The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers the Athletic, and one of us is incredibly, incredibly jealous of the other person tonight, and that is me, because forever and for eternity, Jordan gets to say he was one at one of the great NASCAR classic finishes all of time. all time, maybe classic NASCAR races ever. Uh, what a night! What an unexpected result uh, this weekend! At Atlanta, um, man, Jordan, how, how are you feeling right now, dude? What does it feel like to be there?
1: Uh, did Atlanta just become one of NASCAR's favorite best tracks? It certainly feels that way. And I, I'm going to write about this to The Athletic, but I, I think I can pinpoint the moment where everybody's opinion about Atlanta, which going into this weekend, I think everybody kind of agreed. It was like, eh, it's better than what it was, but it's still not, you know, great. Drivers really weren't in favor of it media was, eh, you know. I think it was when Austin Sindrick went four wide into turn one. He did that crazy move down the front stretch, pulls out, goes to the inside and you're know, like, oh my God, is this happening? And like, they're just going to all wad up. It's going to be the biggest crash in NASCAR history in turn one. He makes it and everybody was like, wow. And I think it was that precise moment when Atlanta Motor Speedway became one of NASCAR's favorite tracks and The playoff race that is going to kick off the playoffs that everybody is kind of dreading collectively in the garage they still may be dreading it to some degree fans though are like hell yeah i can't wait for that i just think it's so
0: amazing how a track's perception can change so quickly and and we're not talking about oh since they did the reconfiguration we're talking about like in one night right (laughs) 24 (laughs) hours I mean the the truck race and the Xfinity race yesterday you're like oh man this Oof. this cup race there's a chance this is going to suck maybe the uh-huh. track's aged too much already oh that's that's too bad man uh, you know this this track they really screwed this place up man And, uh, you know, you look at the anonymous poll that you did just last week
1: at Daytona, right? (laughs) That aged poorly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
0: that was Atlanta in general. Both Atlanta races were voted as the number one place that drivers were least looking forward to going this year. That you had the one driver, whoever that was, saying that they they wished a tornado would hit the place and wipe it all off, uh, off the face of the earth. Um, And then... You know, one by one, even, even the, the care center interviews I was watching, you know, by people, you know, whether it was Bob or Dustin or front stretch people or whatever, posting these interviews, drivers are saying, oh, I had I had fun. That was actually pretty good. Um And I, and you look at the post-race transcripts of the drivers, one after another, they're like, that was actually fun. That was really fun. And this is one week after, you know, we watched a super speedway race at Daytona where you're like, oh man, the fuel savings, that just wasn't very good. And so even though you're thinking, even if this is another super speedway race, it's still not gonna be great. But for whatever reason, this just absolutely shined. Um, I mean, it was spectacular. And and again, take away the ending. It was yeah. still gonna be a, a phenomenal race. And the ending was just one of those things where that was just like, oh, like, yeah. okay, now you've, is- you've, you've launched yourself into legendary status <laughs> right here, Atlanta.
1: This is the cherry on top of the Sunday. I mean, that finish was. And I think, to me, what stood out above all else tonight was often in super speedway races, and you could see this in Daytona, and all week it was the chatter, right, is guys weren't racing hard, they weren't racing 100%, they were saving fuel mileage, and it looked, and I don't mean this, I don't know how else to describe this, it almost looked easy, right? Like anybody could hop in a car and just go on that racetrack and just drive. You're staying in line. You're not. You're going 50% throttle. Some guys even said, I think, 30% at times, you know, and it just looked easy. There was not one single thing about tonight's race that looked easy. These guys impressed. They looked, it looked hard. It was car control. It was these guys were on the edge of of losing it. They're fighting it. The cars are dancing around. We saw some of NASCAR's best drivers lose control. We've talked about this at races at like Kansas before, where you need that, you need to feel like this is hard. That these guys are pushing themselves and and flirting with danger. They did that tonight. It looked hard. It looked like something that no ordinary person could do. These guys looked extraordinary doing what they did tonight. And I think that transcends this race.
0: I think you, you've nailed it there, and, and that was one of the big criticisms of, like, the 550 package, right? Like, ah, I mean, you can't spin these cars out even if you tried, right? And then <laughs> once we saw the next-gen at intermediate tracks, we started to see little hints of, like, okay, hey, you know, there's it looks like they're on the edge of control and they could spin out by themselves. And, and as you said, we want to know that it's that hard, that it's really difficult to drive these cars um, because you don't want to be able to think that you could do it buyers that you could do it yourself. Right. And when, when you have, you know, I, I, there was a great line, I think it was going into stage three, maybe where Kevin Harvick from the booth basically says, all right, drivers, you know what, you're not going to be able to fix it. You're not going to be able to fix the handling you're talking about. Suck it up and go deal with it. Right. (laughs) And, um, it was great because you're like, dang, you know, they, they are, they are trying to hang on here and you saw the consequences of it, but you also saw the ability to make moves, the ability to sort of control a little bit more of your own destiny. It wasn't that you were stuck in line. It didn't seem like that. Like at Daytona where you're just like, ah, oh, well here are nothing we can do kind of thing. Like you saw guys moving, you saw guys spin out and come all the way to the back. Um, you saw Joey Logano with his weird thing at, at the start of the race where with the gloves, boy, that the gloves seemed like a, a lifetime ago by yeah, now, by the 100%. way, um, you know, and to, to go to the back to to have to do with pass through penalty gets the lap one caution and then he's later leading this race mm-hmm. um you know just stuff like that like you could you could make moves um and and it was very very compelling and like you said the 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 moment when austin cindrick goes makes it four wide goes past the guys three wide on the bottom and then <laughs> swoops past them clears yeah. them and then they're four wide behind them and they don't wreck and they're just racing it out um that was phenomenal but obviously no matter whatever happens you know, in the rest of the race, everybody's gonna be talking about the finish. People are gonna be, you know, because that, that's what's gonna be replayed forever, right? Like this is instant classic. Uh, this, this will be in the highlight reels for for as long as we our, our careers last, certainly, right? I mean, if they're still talking about the pass in the grass um, and, and they're still talking about the Darlington finish and stuff like that, like this is gonna be there. Now, debatable, was this the best finish of all time? right here in the moment um i think that you're you're at least talking about top five of all time i think you can make a case for is this potentially the best finish of all time a lot of people will say well the darlington finish with craven and and Kurt bush in 2003 because they were battling so hard for so long and it was just mono a mono kind of thing maybe that takes on a a different status this one though i think is going to be right up there and because yes you could say it's a super speedway but it's not like a talladega or daytona type thing where okay, you know, they were drag racing the line at the finish uh, of a Talladega race, and, and it was very close, or, or uh, you know, one of those deals. This this was a mile and a half. I mean, yes, it's a super speedway style racing, but it was still a mile and a half. And to have a three-wide finish, it really was like cars come to life, except you didn't have one of the cars sticking their tongue out um, across the finish line. But, um, I mean, it was just, that was that was, you know, that's as good as it can get. I just don't see how you could ever top that at a mile and a half track. So this has immediately vaulted itself into the conversation at least. And when you're at least having the conversation, I don't know, was it better than 2003 Darlington? That's a pretty good finish right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And to me, it certainly surpasses 2011 Talladega, which is the closest finish in NASCAR history because we talk about that finish, but that race itself was much maligned because it was the tandem era. Um, you saw you know, numerous lead changes, but it was it was artificial, right? I mean, you, you had guys swapping the lead intentionally to, to not overheat their cars, and it just didn't feel... And, like, even Dale Earnhardt Jr. said this before, like, he couldn't pass his teammate in that situation. Like, he had to basically be wingman, and so it wasn't an authentic finish, for lack of a better term. This was authentic. Darlington was authentic. Um, I'm hard-pressed to think of... To me, Darlington is still kind of the epitome because it's Darlington and everything. This is certainly in the discussion now. And that we're having this conversation and that this race was as good as it was, great as it was, is incredible to me. Because when Atlanta was announced as a second race last year, it was bad mouth up and down. We bad mouthed it. Um, Everybody in the garage bad mouthed it for numerous reasons from the weather to the track to everything and you're like what the heck and then the fact that it was also atlanta was gonna be the first playoff race and everybody's like what are we doing this is crazy this is dumb now you look at this and like this is genius this is awesome this is great awesome can't wait for the playoffs to get here like even ryan blaney who lost tonight and and could have had every reason to like be upset was like yeah i'm like all right yeah playoff race is gonna be Exciting, And it's probably going to be a much different race because the stakes are much higher. And I think guys are going to race probably more calculated than maybe tonight because I think the fact that this was the second race and it was early in the season and guys are probably willing to take a little bit more chances because they have opportunities to make up, you know, they got 24 other races in the regular season. Um, This was was incredible from beginning to end. This was everything you want in a NASCAR race. The only thing you maybe didn't get a fight, uh, uh, what you didn't get tonight was maybe a fight. But other than that, this was great.
0: If I was Marcus Smith, I would have very just (laughs) passive aggressively just tweeted something like, what'd you guys think of the race? Because he spent, I mean, look, I'm a primary offender right here, right? Like in in written form on Twitter form and podcast form, when they said they were going to reconfigure it. No, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Don't turn this into another, another super speedway. And then even last year, after there had been a few good races on this track and it had been proven out that they could race like this. Remember when they, when they did this going into the first race two years ago, the question was, can they even race in a pack? Drivers were saying beforehand, I I don't even think we can stick together. It's not going to work how they think it's going to. And then it did. Mm -hmm. And then you had good racing. And then like last summer was a spectacular race. Part of that was the rain was coming. Um, but still you had all the people, I mean, like just as recently as last week with your Daytona poll, And then when you ask drivers about this, you know, I, I watched the the media availabilities. Well, you know, I, I still miss the old Atlanta, you know, I, I don't love this. And, and obviously you still have people going, don't make it. Don't do this to any other tracks. Don't do this to Texas. Right. Well, no,
1: please do it to Texas
0: now. It's yeah, exactly. It's like, it's amazing how fast this all changes. You're like, <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, sorry, drivers But if you're going to put on a show like that, (laughs) like this is what people, this is entertaining.
1: But and and I'm writing this for the Athletic is when drivers are uncomfortable, when drivers don't like a track. To me, that is often when you get the best races and the best venues. When driver, how many times have we heard drivers say, "I love that track, don't change that track"? They said that about the old Atlanta, and I, I feel like I was one of the few people that understood why they made the move. And I, you know, that old Atlanta track was great for drivers. I get it. The Racing largely was not exciting. We had some good finishes, but from lap one to mile one to 400, it wasn't the best. More often than not, it was a great finish, you know, overshadowed what was a fairly boring race. It was a runaway a lot of times, and it wasn't exciting. And what this track did tonight was kind of combine a lot of elements. It took the best out of super speedway racing the unpredictability, the, the the feeling that anybody could win. We had coral Joy up there. We had Todd Gilliland up there. We had Harrison Burton at times up there. You had the unpredictability. You had the closeness. You had the hard racing. But then it took that and combined it with some of the great stuff you see on a mile-and-a-half racetrack like a Kansas where guys are on their edge. You had tire wear. They're fighting for control. Um, you had a little bit of strategy and where how to, how to position yourself. You had all of these different elements, and to me that is – what really stood out and why tonight was so good because it just wasn't a, this wasn't just a mini version of Daytona or Talladega this was a hybrid of taking the best elements of old Atlanta or Kansas and then the elements from Daytona and Talladega that we like but it's 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 not going to be like this forever because this track is very much changing we've already seen it you saw it tonight we've seen it ever since this happened here um, and it's going to be very different probably in the fall because they're going to do a tire test here. They're going to probably come back with a different tire compound possibly. Um, and the weather conditions are going to be. So it just felt like everything came together tonight to make this beautiful, wonderful race that we're going to be talking about forever.
0: And you're right, because as as the drivers said beforehand, they could already tell the asphalt's changing. Um, this is only, you know, three years into it now. Um, and so we know it's not going to last forever as the, as the asphalt ages You know, and and Denny Hamlin said, you know, I think they're going to do whatever it it takes to keep it as a super speedway, whatever adjustments they need to make, you know, to the cars, to the package to keep it that way. But it's just not going to last that long, uh, in, in all likelihood, right? Like 10 years from now, is, is the racing going to look like this? Probably not. So this actually could make this sort of a unique moment in time in a way. But I mean, the fact that this moment. I mean, I I feel like we all got this moment, right? Like everybody watching together. This was one of the things where, you know, like Twitter X really sucks a lot of times now, but this is one (laughs) of the times where it was like, so, so fun because you had that collective experience of like, we're all watching and we're all reacting to it. You're seeing everybody just go absolutely nuts, lose their mind at the finish. Um, Just spectacular, you know? And, and I'll tell you what too, like that speaks to the closeness of, of how good this finish was. I, I was listening to, because my, my TV was a little bit behind because I'm here at home. Um, so I was listening to the PRN feed. And then I heard the TV call after that. Both PRN and TV, both initially incorrectly thought that Blaney won. And I'm not taking that as a shot at them. I thought it he looked did like Blaney won. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, then even when they showed the photo uh, on Fox, I was like, I think Blaney won. I right. really did.
0: And, and you're, you're, I'm looking at the scoring monitor and it's saying 99. And I'm like, I don't know. I think once they review that, But, you know, then, you know, you go back, but the point is like the finish is that close that the broadcasters looking at this thing. They're like, I, I, I'm not sure who, I don't know what I just saw. Um, I mean, without electronic timing and scoring, I mean, we, it's, it's the true photo finish. Uh, it's, it is as close a thing to the, to the three-way tie, like you could have in cars. So, um, I mean, just wow. I, I just, who, who would have thought this could happen? Uh, Marcus Smith, we were all wrong. If I'm him,
1: I'm taking a a huge victory lap. Well, first of all, I'm probably pouring myself a nice Johnny Walker blue tonight, maybe lighting up a cigar, and be like, told you so. And then tomorrow, I'm calling every single serious show. (laughs) Hey, I'm available for interviews, (laughs) and I'm making myself available to all the media, and guess what? You're coming to my track in two weeks in Las Vegas. Like promote that, and and by the way, um, Texas and a few Texas uh, reconfiguration will be underway. When's that race? Mid April. Uh, we'll be starting the reconfiguration at the end of April.
0: I tell you what, if you ever wanted to, a good time to announce. Oh that, you were gonna, <laughs> that you were going to redo Texas and not have the blowback, you know, the initial like, no, don't do that. Yeah, What are you doing? Don't We don't need another super right. speedway. No, not, not eight per year. No, you no, know?
1: no. Yeah, now. I think, do it right now. Yeah. Right do now. It right now. Right now.
0: You'd have all the drivers, even the drivers would be like, yeah, I yeah, can see why. I you're doing it. that. Okay. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Okay, right.
1: yeah. Fine. Yeah.
0: Um, so, and, and you know what? While you're at it, give Texas its second date back. All star okay. race, baby. <laughs> all star race. <laughs> Going to Texas, uh, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, wow. I, I, I'm just still sort of in disbelief that just this this happened. Um, Unbelievable. I, I'm sure Daniel Suarez is too, to a degree. By the way, Daniel Suarez won the race. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk eight, about I, I, we got to talk about Suarez yeah. too in
1: depth because that there's a lot of layers to that and a lot of ramifications of what that win could uh, mean. I know we're going to get to that.
0: Yes. So um, first of all, I mean, before we get to that, can you just give us sort of a sense of? Um, I'm sure you watched the finish of the race in the media center. There must've been a big reaction and you know, you know, no cheering allowed in the press box, but that's one of those things where you, everybody has to react. Uh, like you can't, you're human. So I'm sure people were like, Whoa, you know? Yeah. I mean, Um, there was that, but I, you know, I
1: honestly paid no attention. I had my headphones in. I was listening to the the officials, you know, trying to figure out who won the race and yeah. And and, yeah, honestly some of the media too as you know already departs the media center because they're on pit they want to be on pit road as early as possible and so yeah there was definitely some reaction but it was a lot of like whoa crazy i mean there was a lot of moments like that though i mean there there was the, the, the austin Cindric pass um all throughout i would say that last green flag run after they restarted it so what was that five laps they got the green with five to go um that was like everybody was just kind of like edge of your seat i mean that was the epitome of edge of your seat of like oh my goodness what's going to happen here it felt like you know anything could happen ryan blaney is doing a great job up front of defending and you're like who's going to come after him you're waiting any moment for that accident to happen and i don't think i thought some people thought maybe kyle bush was going to get up there and get the win i i know i can say this i and i I feel like I can say this about my other media colleague. I don't think anybody expected Taurus to get up there and get the win.
0: I tell you what, too, on that point, you know, because and it just sort of reminded me here. You know, I tweeted, OK, five laps to go in regulation, because, of course, the way that this race was sort of unfolding late, of course, there was going to be overtime. Of course, somebody was going to screw up. And I think that when you think about the professional high, high level of driving that it took, you know, everybody just ripped the truck series, right? Like last week at Daytona. Oh my gosh, these guys, like, what are they doing here? Right. Um, You you can see the difference, right? Like in the cup series, these guys are so freaking good. And that finish in particular, like if you, if you think about that finish, how close those three guys were, I I was waiting for one of them to bounce off somebody to, to make contact, to say, no, I'm not going to get you. I'm going to turn into you or I'm going to fence you Or, or something, or, or to bounce off each other, go spinning in the grass. People pile in. It's sort of a circus like ending, whatever. Something that
1: would have marred what otherwise would have been a great race.
0: Exactly. And those guys simply completely raced it out professionally, zero contact. I mean, that, that is about as high level of driving as you can possibly get. There needs to be some level of appreciation for that in itself. That, that is the show in itself because. You know, you could talk about, wow, What what is entertaining about a race like this, right? Like, ultimately, Fox says there's only three cars that weren't involved in a wreck, okay? So if people like wrecks, you, you had that, right? And, and most of those cars bounce back. I mean, a lot of them. There's Denny there Hamlin
1: did. Uh, Todd Gillen and Martin Truex Jr. did. Daniel yeah. Suarez was involved in the first wreck of the day.
0: 22 cars on the lead lap. And again, out of the 37 cars, 34 of them were involved in at least some sort of contact during the night so that's that's one thing that people are measuring right another thing lead changes okay you had 48 lead changes new track record the previous track record was 46 set two years ago in this race and then there was a race uh way back i think in the 80s or 90s that had 45 lead changes um and you know so so by that metric are you looking for that for your excitement but ultimately when you when you see them highly professionally cleanly race it out to the end that is like that that takes it to a whole other level to me because that's that's like the peak that is showing you this is the pinnacle of stock car racing and and i think there's just you know you just sort of bow down to that uh tip your cap because that, that was remarkable
1: and I, I go back to this but to me the skill stood out today it was hard to control these cars and how many times did you see guys make moves go you know they swoop down try to make a pass on the inside they would do it and they'd get loose and they'd have to catch it or they'd they'd slide up and they try to do a slide job or something of that nature so many moments in this race where it was the the skill set of these drivers was on full display which is not something we can it doesn't feel like you can often say that um In in this, we we talked about this on this show a few weeks ago. Maybe it was even last week about Formula One and and, and, you know where you can see that these guys how hard these guys are pushing it and how their concentration level and what it takes to maintain control of their cars. Tonight, here in Atlanta, you got that. The other thing too is like
0: a, a tweet just came across while you were talking there from Kyle Larson, and he says that was the most fun I've ever had in a drafting race. And we've talked a lot about on this podcast over the years about the fun factor going down, right? Because in the days of the 550 package, the drivers hated racing like that. Like they didn't feel like they could show their skill set in in a lot of the next gen. You know, all the cars are so even now. You can't pass. It's so hard. You know, it's you're just stuck and and dirty air and all this stuff. That's not fun for them. Um, You know, just in general, you just don't hear a lot of guys get out of their cars anymore and say, that was fun. I love that. And I, and I touched on that earlier, but I, I just think that's such a, a point of emphasis that here's a race that was, you know, something that all the drivers were dreading and anyone with an open mind is going to end up walking away from that going, damn, that was pretty cool. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. That was, that was really, I I'd like to do that again. So, um, whatever you can do to bottle that up, uh, NASCAR needs to be all hands on deck studying that because to figure out how to, how to make that secret sauce, uh, and, and hold hold to it for as long as they can and, and sort of replicate it. Um, and again, do you want that every week? No, no, you don't want that every week. You, you have to have races like next week when the quote real season starts in Las Vegas. But, um, for the, you know, we, we talked about, Hey, like this is going to be for, for the, for the Netflix fans, for the casual fans coming from Daytona to, to tune into this and see something similar. Imagine if you were like a new fan, to NASCAR. Like you got hooked in from Netflix. You watched Daytona last week and now you watch this for your, like your second race. Whoa. Like this is something where you're like, Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to watch this again. Like, this is crazy. What a, what a sport, you know? So, um, this is, this is a huge
1: W for NASCAR all around. I agree. And I think part of it too, it needs to be mentioned. There's tire wear tonight. You know, Kyle Busch mentioned it afterwards. That the tire war and maybe didn't wear some as, as fast as some guys would have liked. And you could, if you had had more tire wear earlier in a run, you would have seen even more of this. But you did see that tonight. You you saw where there was tire fall off, and it mattered to conserve your tires. It mattered to save them, and so you can make a run at the end. And we had all of those things. It was this was almost feels like an anomaly because there was so many different factors that had to come in together to make this happen, but it did.
0: So you touched on it about, well, you know, what the race will look like in the fall. And, and your, your point was about, you know, the, the attitude of being in the playoffs, will that change things? Right. But what, you know, I, I don't have a sense of what the weather was today. Everybody had said last week, well, there are going to be two different races at Atlanta because one will be cold weather. One will be warm weather and you'll, you'll slip and slide more in the warm weather. We were used to be, we're used to Atlanta being pretty cold this time of year. Look, just looking for pictures and stuff. It didn't seem like it was super cold there. Is it, is it possible that we could see, you know, the weather could be somewhat close enough or is it going to be so hot, so much hotter that, that, that won't make a difference? Well, I mean, it was warm today. I mean, it, it started was? Okay. off.
1: it was, it was warm. I mean, it was in the high sixties. I don't know exactly. I looked at it earlier today. It was supposed to be in the high sixties. The sun was out, not a cloud in the sky. It was a picture. Perfect day for, for a track for this race. The last few years has, it has been brutally cold. Today was awesome, perfect weather. You're gonna probably have something at least similar, if not even more so, in terms of heat and slickness and tire wear and everything else um, in the, the fall, depending upon what they do with the tire. Um, if they bring off the same compound or not, it doesn't sound like they will, but you know, we don't know. But you would think that the conditions. In September are going to be conducive for something similar to this. To, to, to you know, you're not you're not going to replicate this 100. percent I just don't think that's possible. But you're, you've got the ingredients for a very very good race. Um, that's certainly going to have a lot of drama and different layers to it. Um, it yeah, there's going to be crashes and there's going to be pack race and everything. But it's also going to be and you know you're going to it's going to further the narrative that the playoffs are a, a crapshoot and everything like that. But it's certainly going to be exciting.
0: All right, well, before we go further and talk about Suarez and what this means to him, that's a very important storyline. Let's talk about our show's sponsor, FanDuel. And this is specifically for those of you in North Carolina because the wait's almost over. FanDuel is coming to your state. Sports betting's legal now. Uh, On March 11th, you'll finally be able to bet on all your favorite teams and all of your favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win this year's Tobacco Road Rivalry and all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one after that. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And please use our code. Go to fanduel.com slash teardown so you can be first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. That's fanduel.com slash teardown. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And you must be 21 or over and present in North Carolina. If you have a gambling problem, call 877-718-5543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. Availability is subject to regulatory approval. So, uh, as promised, let's talk about Daniel Suarez because this was somebody we've also mentioned as, as we, you know, we <laughs> Atlanta much maligned and we Daniel Suarez much maligned at least on the hot seat. We're like, "Oh, this guy, he's in trouble. He is yeah. in trouble." Uh, you know, he's on the hot seat boy. They've they've signed Zane Smith. They've signed SVG Uh, what what's gonna happen with Suarez? He missed the playoffs last year <laughs> Now second race of the year he comes out and wins and and I got to give you some credit. Okay, because um You in the press conference, you know, you don't just we don't just talk behind people's back here no. right, I guess in front of it, if They saw the clips You went right to the source uh, Justin marks in the press conference and then right to Daniel Suarez about being on the hot seat his job security. Tell us what you learned from those answers.
1: Big J journalism over here from mm. Big J. Uh, you know, ask the tough questions. Um, I mean, it's it's the narrative. It's, you have to ask him. And, and Mark said he's part of this team. Yes, he. you know, he's in a contract year, which was interesting because we all, he was announced that he was under contract through this year and I actually think through 2025. So that was interesting. Um, but he is part of the team. You, I, I would say, you heard it. I think is emphatic the right way to describe that—that um, that he's under contract to Trackhouse. He's part of Trackhouse. He's employee number four of Trackhouse. They—they um, they see a lot of talent in him. They believe in him. They believe that they can build around him. That if he's in the right situation, he can go out and win races. They don't whitewash what happened last year. Last year sucked. It was a struggle. But they also look at it and say, listen, there was a lot of opportunities to win races. We were in contention, we could have done some things. It didn't work out. We learned from that. Um, they're confident going forward that they can that Daniel Suarez is their guy. And all impression is that he's not going anywhere, that they believe in him and that tonight, if there was any question about the future of him with track house racing, it's been answered because he showed he can win. He again, he showed he can win on an oval, which is not something he's done before. Uh, he came through in the clutch, which the narrative on Suarez is sometimes he chokes away races. He came through tonight in a big way um, and he's in the playoffs and he's, you know, that's, that's huge.
0: I mean, we were just last week on, well, the under, you know, the, the people we, we didn't have in our playoff pick sure missed an opportunity here at Daytona. Yeah. Oh, well. And now we, we thought we said we, we escaped because our playoff picks are still intact after Daytona week two done already wrong about
1: at least one of them yeah i didn't have swords so. in my bracket you didn't have swords in your bracket i don't oh. i didn't see swords in anyone else's bracket um yeah so kudos to him i mean this this was huge i mean because what this does to get this done now is even if he's running well but you're not winning and you go into march you go into april you go into may even though you're you're running well the question is is what what's your future track house he's not winning races And if Chastain does win races and does Ross Chastain things, it's like it's more of the same. Chastain's winning. Daniel Suarez is not. Yeah, he's running well, but he's not a winner. Like, it's gone. That narrative is gone. The pressure is gone. And he he said, like, listen, I still want to go out and win races, and he still needs to. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if he falls off the map, this is all going to come back, but I don't think anyone thinks that's going to happen. He's in the playoffs, and his future at Trackhouse certainly seems secure.
0: Well, that means one of the ones that we thought, because we thought the playoffs were pretty straightforward. We have 15 yeah. of the same picks and then only one different. So that means that at least somebody we thought was a big name is in trouble here. And uh, we talked also about, hey, two super speedways to start this. You could find a big name in a hole if, if you have two bad weeks. <clears throat> so let's look at it. Brad Keselowski, mm-hmm. for all the drafting prowess that he has, and all the ability that he has, and he's looked fast for two weeks. He's thirty-six. Races. He's thirty-sixth in points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He only has sixteen points after the first two weeks. I mean, and not good. Uh, no, Austin and- Dillon, sixteen. Joey Logano, eighteen points. These guys are thirty-third. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is not good.
1: The, so. the, the one thing I'll say about that is, really quick, is, is Logano has shown he can win races. So, like, you can quickly overcome that. And if you can win races, you're in the playoffs. And, yeah, you're in a points hole and it's going to suck. But at least you're in the playoffs. Um, Dylan has shown an ability to pop up and get a surprise win. But that's not something you can bank on. And for a team that had 10 DNFs last year to start off like this. And, again, no fault of their own necessarily. But you're still in a hole. The Brad at Keselowski thing is interesting because last year he was really good, really, really consistent. But what is the thing that Brad has not done since 2021? has won a race. Yeah. And you're in a point hole like this. You can win. That erases the, the deficit because you're going to put yourself in the playoffs. But if you got to go out and win, and he hasn't been able to do that. Now, if you can go out and run like you did last year, you, you would think that a win is going to fall in your place. But it didn't do it last year and there's no guarantees what's going to happen because we still the unknown is what's going to happen at las vegas on a quote-unquote traditional track what's going to happen at phoenix we don't know how the fords are going to do or the toyotas or the chevrolets or any of this fords could go there and be terrible and then all of a sudden you're like whoa man we're going to be struggling on the mile and a half racetracks this year or you go to phoenix and we struggle and then it's like oh man we don't have you know flat short oval speed we don't know and that's a worrisome but if you can win that that's that's the cure all, but we don't know if Brad can win because he hasn't done it since 2021. Yeah, I mean,
0: you 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 can easily say like, okay, Logano should be up there, but also he's we we saw two, last year there's yeah. no guarantees. And two of the last yeah.
1: three years, he's won one race. I, that you know, you can say what you want. And I took a lot of crap uh, in my preseason power rankings. I had Logano like 12, and people were like, way too low. And I get that. Like he he seems like the ultimate. He's either going to be great and run for the championship, or he's going to be somewhere far below that he's won one race to the last three years and you did can't he win deny one that
0: last year and it was this Atlanta race is yes, that right that is correct and then he and then a couple years ago he won the Bristol, Bristol dirt. dirt race for yep. his only win right
1: so yep. and now again we have to acknowledge in between those he did win a championship <laughs> but he just but the point is is like he's very hot or cold he's either it feels like he's all championship or bust or somewhere else
0: well, speaking of Logano, let's just touch on this really quick before we talk about more guys. We're already talking about him, the webbed glove. Oh, what a sneaky little trick that was! <laughs> God, um, they're smart,
1: man. These engineers. Are, I would love to know who came up with that idea, and I'm going to find out. Man, that's that was, so that was um, so smart.
0: You know, the 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 email comes across from NASCAR. I don't know if they announced it in the media center, but at least for me, it was an email yeah. here at home, and it was like Joey Logano will have to start at the back and do a pass through penalty uh, for gloves that were not sfi approved and you're like why would you mess with your gloves and then (laughs) um you know fox uh you know they they found the clip of it showed it right before the race there where um i mean he's got the web right there and and it's to to try to block the air in qualifying you know it it helped because he's had front row starts the past two weeks you would assume that if he did it this time, he probably did it at Daytona five hundred to get the Daytona five hundred poll. Is that is that an unfair
1: assumption? Do you I think that's fair. I mean, I I would love to know what performance advantage, like how was that enough to get him the poll? Like, is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze?
0: I mean, the 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 margin that he beat Michael McDowell by for the poll at Daytona, <laughs> that might have been it, right? I mean yeah. So yeah, I mean you wouldn't think so, but um, I mean, it also looks like he has little tricks. Like you could see him tugging on the window net a little bit in the car to try to move it forward. I think they talked about that on the broadcast, but the glove is what they got him for. And, um, you know, now it'll be, you know, <laughs> fortunately for him though, uh, you know, he, he ends up, you know, getting in a wreck and ends up 28th. But until that point, he had completely overcome the penalty during the past year because there was a wreck on lap one, right. When he was, you know, yeah. he was up it, the was, 20th, the perfect timing. He would would say yeah. on the lead lap. Yeah. Um, but It sounds like there will be some penalty during the week as well, because you had two concerns here, right? Number one was the competition reason, which from what I understand, the competition reason is being penalized. That's why he had to go to the back and do, do the pass through. That's for the competition part, the safety part of it, the non SFI approved, that would be a monetary fine as they've given out in the past, right? Isn't that your impression? So we should probably look for a fine, like on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, correct. And you may see some other penalties too, because you've got the parts confiscated off the Stewart House racing cars of Ryan Priest and Bill Gregson. We talk about guys who can't afford to lose points. There's two certainly that can't do that. And then we have the truck race. We had teams that had issues with their windshield brackets or, you know, whether that was debris induced or not is is up for interpretation. NASCAR um, NASCAR's investigating, shall we say.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not every day you see a roof completely blow off a vehicle. So Moonroof, man. Um, that was that was something <laughs> it was else. wild. But um, back to the standings here. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, such a – I mean, you feel so bad for this dude. Um, if I'm looking at this right, 30 second in points, you're like, wow, it must be a tough tar- start to the season. Todd Gilliland. Yeah. Todd Gilliland, who led the most laps of anybody today. Mm-hmm. He led 58 laps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, that was the most – the most laps anybody in front row's history has, has led, uh, you know, in, in the, in, in one race in team history, right? Like he, he had a great day. He probably had the fastest car. Um, he led six different times. He, you know, you could see him sort of get back up there. Uh, unfortunately he, he kind of lost a little bit of track position. Then he got behind a, you know, a wreck and ran into it. I think it was when, was when Keselowski hit the wall or something, he ran into the wall. Yeah. Broke a toe link, tire. you know, game over. Right. But like, you're thinking, man, Todd Gillen, what a great start to the season. You look at the standings and you're like, dang, he's probably gonna have to win at this point,
1: right? Yeah. And he was great at Daytona. I mean, he was running top five at Daytona, had one of the fastest cars, was in the mix, and front row motorsports in general, two opportunities to win races. We talked about missed opportunities. Michael McDowell had a great car at, at Daytona. Todd Gillen was great at Daytona. But they end up in, you know, they had their own issues. They come here. It, Michael wins the first pole for him. Only the second ever for a front row. They're, they look great. Even Michael got into an earlier, you know, got into an incident and uh, still rallied back and was in, you know, finished top 10 today, but it just, you don't have those opportunities to always win those races and you look at it and now Todd's in this position where it's like, man, like on one hand, you're, you're excited and you're encouraged. Like, hey, we just, we ran really well, but those Atlanta and Daytona are very different from the other tracks on this schedule. And you don't know if those opportunities are going to be there for them. And in front row, it feels like they maybe let one get away. But again, go well, no ballpark.
0: You know, they have the new Ford uh, tier one thing going for them. And, yeah, and Michael big. McDowell, uh, I saw a video that Bob Pockers posted where he says, you know, it, it hasn't even really. Um, hasn't really even kicked in yet. They're still trying to figure out how to implement that. So he was saying that their success so far, their fast cars are really not because of that, well, because of what the the work front row has been doing. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty significant. I think, you know, they, they have huge. some room to grow still. Um, so we talked nice. about the bottom of the standings. Let's talk about the top. Do you, have you, I don't know if you've seen, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Do you, do you want to guess who is the current points leader?
1: Yeah. I thought about this because Bubba finished top five tonight. And he is fourth in points. He he's fourth points in points. Out he's actually team. lower than I want. Um, I, I couldn't even get
0: Kyle Bush, points leader. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, William Byron uh, and Austin Sindrick, yeah, are tied for second in points, one point out. Austin Sindrick, another one who were like, hmm, could mm. he be on the hot seat this year?
1: No, Strong I never said start. That. He's Strong never start. in the hot seat. I don't think he's ever in the hot seat. No, he's got a – he just signed a contract extension. His dad's the president of the team. They love him over there. He's like, you know. Oh, well, if he
0: mean, won if, the that, day, if He won we'll the Daytona 500. He doesn't have a, a, a season like, again, you know, like he had last year where he fell off the well, map. I mean, you're, you're yeah, like, well, how long, what's his future uh, there?
1: Yeah, I just I, – there's different circumstances. Also, Penske doesn't have a really winning in the pipeline, like, you know, breathing down his neck like Suarez does. It's just – I never felt like he was – but I agree. I mean, he needed to perform. Um and another guy, too, strong at Daytona. I mean, he doesn't get caught up in that last lap rack, maybe wins that race, um, comes here and was dominant. I mean, he was in the mix all day long. And, yeah, great start to the year for him.
0: Let me tell you some more of the drivers who would make the playoffs today if the season ended after two races instead of uh, 26. Uh, Corey LaJoy. We thought, we thought he'd. We thought yeah. he have some good runs uh, on on super speedways. He was top five at Daytona and then thirteenth uh, in this race. I think he probably would have even wanted something better. Yeah, but he
1: got caught up in a wreck too. Yep. Well, who didn't? Yeah, it's yeah, Good <laughs> um, <point>. Touche.
0: <laughs> John Hunter Nemechek, thirteenth yeah. in points.
1: Yeah, hmm. top ten at Daytona. Comes here, ran well. Yeah, where was the other guy he? who got caught? Oh, up in he Iraq. was
0: twenty first, but. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean everybody, so, some other people had such yeah. bad races. Um, Ty Gibbs, no surprise there. We have him in our no. playoffs. So, um, Yeah, and then playoff drivers on the outside for, who were playoff drivers last year who were on the outside. And in addition to the ones we've mentioned, you have Stenhouse in 18th, Denny Hamlin, 19th, Michael McDowell, 20th, um, Tyler Reddick, 26th. There's another one who's off to a, a bad start with two super speedways here.
1: Yeah, Um, but but, you feel like he's a guy too that could quickly turn it around. I mean, we know, presumably, if Toyotas are as fast on on mile and a half racetracks, intermediate racetracks, as we think they're going to be, he's a guy that could go to Phoenix or excuse me, go to Vegas and quickly, you know, win and all. All this is all forgotten.
0: By the way, while I'm thinking of it, speaking of Denny Hamlin, he has flown home tonight. Yes, he was eager to record a podcast despite getting in the trifecta of Rex. Did he get one in every, one, every stage, one in every stage. Good for him. That's hard to do. That's, you know what?
1: Buy a lottery ticket. (laughs)
0: Uh, so he is recording his podcast right now as we speak. I don't think they do that live. So for those of you listening to our podcast on the audio version, uh, go listen to his after ours. Yeah. Um, it should be out. I'm sure they'll both be out, um, Monday morning sometime. So, well, ours will be out Sunday night, but his will be out Monday morning because his is already being recorded, like I said, as we speak. So didn't want to forget to do that. And I also don't want to forget, Jordan, to mention the work that we're doing over at The Athletic. We thought we had decent speed weeks. Um, we're happy with the, the feedback that you guys gave us. And, uh, of course, we've got more rolling this week. I, I liked your story about going to the, uh, the ISC archives. I'm, I'm jealous of that, too.
1: You're supposed um, to come, by the way.
0: I know. Well, I was busy. I, I was writing. I mean, I, I, I had something to do.
1: I, I had to do my Sherlock Holmes. I had to go over there and do some investigation and kind of dig around a little bit. It's fun. God, I love that. Jordan place.
0: got into the archives, like the super secret. no well, no, not secret, but it's you know, not. Secret. But it's not. It's not something gone. they advertise. Yeah, well, you,
1: I don't think the public can go there, right? You can buy a vi. You have to buy like a VIP tour, like pass. No. Like you can't just show up and like you know, you go there. And the, the VIP tours are expensive. They don't do. It's not. It's not something you can do easily let's say. Gotcha.
0: Well, I was fascinated, especially with your description of Bill France's office. Oh, my God. It's which awesome. apparently has been recreated. Yeah. Like down to, I mean, they had items that he used. Mm-hmm. And the like, fish he
1: caught, he's got, the best thing is that globe next to the desk that opens up. You don't even know. You look at it, you're like, oh, that's cool. It's like an old globe that's standing, you know, a stand, freestanding globe. No, no, no. Open that bad boy up. Got room for three bottles and a tumbler. Interesting. <clears throat> Respect.
0: Uh, so I like that story. Uh, you can read more about that in the athletic also, um, this week, uh, some, something that got a little bit of traction throughout the, um, throughout the media part, partially thanks to Cole Pern chiming in Dale jr. And Cole Pern chiming in was the, um, (laughs) chase Briscoe talking about the driver weights. He had answered a question in the 12 questions (laughs) from Joey Logano about the weigh in process and had explained, you know, why. Drivers have to be in their underwear now because Chase Briscoe was saying, hey, I used to wear all sorts of lead and lead shoes, you know, whatever, <clears throat> to weigh significantly more. And Dale Jr. chimed in asking about uh, to, to Casey Mears, who I don't think responded about um, a trick We're that Casey in. Mears had once <laughs> pulled. So then Cole Pern chimed in and just said, Tungsten butt plug. And that was what? Cole Pern's <laughs> first like actual tweet. What? What? What's a butt plug? All right, this is a family show. We're moving on. But
1: people, I'm—I I don't know. I'm asking.
0: Okay, listen. I would recommend I not it? googling that. Okay. 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 Not googling that. Googling that, but it's something that uh, <clears throat> I assume adds weight mm. in a sneaky way. Okay.
1: Care to elaborate? All
0: right. Anyway, so those are the things we wrote <laughs> about on the Athletic. <laughs> And we'll have more to come this week going into 12 questions.
1: By the way, this year, your list of 12 questions is phenomenal. I know you like Hem and Haw over every year, but this year's list I love them. I think you did a really, really good job putting them together.
0: It's uh, I'm, I'm happy with them so far, but we're still, we need to get into like, we've had two great drivers, great, really great talkers so far in the 12 questions. I need to get into some of the drivers who might not be as coming. So, huh?
1: Do you want to name names? Well, do, I mean, uh, some
0: drivers are shy, or they're less experienced with interviews. You know, you get truck series or something. See, I don't know if it's the drivers or the questions yet. So that's that's. But but thank you. I, I think it's off to a good start.
1: I have friends of mine that are texting me, wanting to explain butt plugs. So okay. we'll have to get to that later. Um,
0: this is definitely. Let's let's let try to get this <laughs> try to get this back on the track. All right, fine, fine. Jordan, I, I'm afraid to even look at what the YouTube chat is saying about this <laughs> right now. Um, anyway, by the way, um, I, I did note also just while we're off topic that Justin Marks complimented your hat in the post-race press conference. He and also said me, today,
1: he also said today in the garage, that I'm the best, best dressed guy in NASCAR. So.
0: Okay. Well that's because I don't have my pink suit on anymore. I did say that actually. I was never come back. But my youngest daughter, Kaya, she is very into picking out, you know, what color, clothes or what color shirt, whatever I'm going to wear. she be like, I want you to wear green or whatever, right? And now that she has seen that this pink thing exists, there's been times at home this week that I've had to walk around wearing that stupid pink sport coat. So now I can never escape from it, even though I wanted to move on after Daytona. This is like a little girl wants to see more pink. So You're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Make it, you know what I'm doing? I'm creating daughter-dad memories for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan.
0: That's that's what everybody thinks of you. You're you know, mm-hmm. the dad-daughter kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Okay. Uh,
1: Atlanta was awesome. Uh, I, what, I just, what
0: else do you want to say about Atlanta before we talk, start talking about other things?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I just, I think this was all, I mean, this was a phenomenal race. It was incredible. And I just, it blows my mind of how the reputation for this track just did it completely complete 180.
0: Do you think that this race, like legitimately, do you think this race will sell out for the playoffs?
1: Uh, You know what? I don't know because this is such a tough market. I was talking to our friend Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports, who's based down here, and like that time of year too, you got to remember, that's college football season. And he was telling me like, you know, not only is this a tough sports market for just about everybody, the one team that does really, really well and like just captivates the city is the georgia bulldogs and they're going to be probably playing that weekend and i I just think it's going to be really really hard to 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 get people out here and i don't know i I, should it sell out absolutely like i I don't know why you wouldn't want to come and see this race and you've got playoffs drama and everything else i I would think it would but I, i just when it comes to this market i just don't think there's any guarantees I
0: mean, I think it just became a destination race. Honestly, like I, I have in my tweet deck thing, you know, the NASCAR hashtag, and it's been it's just been flowing like a river, right? Like all night, but you have people posting shots of who are they were at the race from their seats, you know, showing the finish or videos. And they're just like, uh, people are like, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. And like, I, I will never forget this moment and all the stuff. I mean, if you're a NASCAR fan, like those are sort of the things you seek out, right? Like in, in, I mean that's what that's why you attend live sports. I know you're not a big live sports guy,
1: no but um, much rather that's watch what, him at home what much rather watch him at home
0: okay I, I get that, but like I would love to i mean I'm so jealous that you were there. I would have loved to experience what the crowd felt like um or or you know even the like I was asking you before the reaction in the media is like those are the things that you never forget um uh, and 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 that's why. You know, that's why people just paid more billions to cover, to, to broadcast NASCAR in the future because live sports remains unpredictable. It remains the one thing that you can't really afford to DVR because you got to know what's happening and you never know what the outcome is going to be. And the perfect case is tonight. From, you could go top down again through the entire industry and everybody's perception of Atlanta, just because of the show that we saw, has changed. And you, you, nobody could really seen that coming i mean every no. yeah so it's no. just it's 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 magical that when that when that kind of thing happens
1: yeah i mean it's going to be interesting it, it, this is going to be interesting to see if this was lightning in a bottle or this was the this is now what Atlanta is going to become on the regular um because it has been an evolution and it'll be interesting that you know if you do get people to come out and they saw it today and they're like man this is awesome this is what i want to see every time i go to Atlanta," and you don't deliver that you know that that's the that's the downfall. Which always, which circles back to a point I always say, which is most of these racetracks only should have one date, man. Because, like, if you only had one Atlanta date and you had this race, you're like, oh, my God, 365 days from now, I can't wait for them to come back. And it just builds and it builds and it builds. And and there's just this heightened anticipation. And, I mean, it's great that it's in a playoff race and it's going to be entertaining as hell. And for us, it's going to be great because there's going to be storylines, you know, uh, plenty. But it just—I do think that you know. Sometimes you, you you go back to a racetrack so quickly, it, you can lose that a little bit.
0: By the way, uh, a couple more notes before we move on and to the to, to the good race poll that have been bouncing through my head here. Mm-hmm. My most anticipated races list for this year, Atlanta number one, was number twenty-six out of thirty-eight, <laughs> and my comment was fresh from the de- fresh from the department of nobody asked for this. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so sorry about that again. I was wrong. I just, so, uh, the other thing Trackhouse has now been involved in two of the most viral moments of the last decade or so with the, from the hail melon to this. And then you could probably even put SVGs, Chicago win. So three of thing. the moments, uh, three straight years, they've had sort of a highlight moment, uh, that they've been involved in. So Trackhouse doing something right. So onto the good race poll people are you know speculating that this could be potentially the highest ever could it be okay here's what the the benchmark is it is bristol 2021 95.7% <laughs> remember now, that race fondly yes i i, I know you do <laughs> um, i think that you should you know release the audio remember. but that's fine
1: i got the video forget the audio
0: release the video. Tell us, tell us what Harvick said. He's not even a driver
1: anymore. No, no, no. Journalism integrity.
0: Okay. Uh, so that was 95.7% a spectacular evening at Bristol. Um, actually Bristol has the top three races on this list. All right. So will the, will the Bristol trifecta be broken up? Um, so you, you have to go first. You, you won last week with the Daytona 500. I have some thoughts on this. But what do you, where do you think this is going to land, this Atlanta race?
1: Oh, man, I don't want to go first. Um, I, I thought it was great. I think the overwhelming majority of people are going to think it was great. But there are going to be some people, and we've already seen them. We know who they are. Um, there are going to be some people that are like, no, not my bag. That was a super speedway race. Oh, they just wrecked. It's a crap shoot, blah, blah, blah. I don't see it. I don't think you can I, – I don't think objectively if you could watch this race and not come away entertained and not see what this offered. Uh, man, this is
0: – I know you're struggling. I know yeah, this you're struggling. is – I mean, it's. I'm going to pick in the
1: 90s. It's just – I mean, right. it's, it's, it's just going to be in the 90s. I'm just trying to – I'm going to say 94%.
0: 94% would put it as the number six race all time in the what is, was it a good race poll? And that is out of 302 races that have been in the poll now. So that's still pretty high. Um, so you're saying it's going to be in the 90% club, one of the top 10 races since 2016. Um, so I actually think it's going to, I look, should it be higher? Should it be number one? I'd love to see that. Yeah, I I don't think it will be because I just think that getting 96% of the people on the internet and on Twitter to agree on something, especially in a positive way, it doesn't take, it doesn't take many people to knock that down enough. And I just think, as you said, first of all, not like I, am willing to admit when I was wrong, like about Atlanta. Right. Because <coughs> what nothing, I, nothing. I'm saying I'm, I'm wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and okay. like, okay. Like I got it wrong. Right. But I'm wrong a lot. So it's easy for me to say that some people are rooting again, like rooting against the, this track's success. Like they don't, they don't like that. It was reconfigured. They, they want it to fail. They're not going to want us to, you know, give this track, it's flowers, so to speak. Right. Um, and you know, some super speedways in general do not really rate very high, uh, 2020 Talladega during the pandemic, um, got a 94.3, but the next super speedway is 91.1. Like, so there's only one super speedway. Um, I think in the top 20, it looks like of all the races in the poll. So for Atlanta to crack that it's going to be, it's going to be tough. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking more like 92.3% 92.3% again, should it be higher? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I think it will start higher in the morning and then kind of trend down a little bit during the day uh-huh. as Daytona did. <clears throat> so I'm not going to price this right. You, I'm trying to be f- straight up no, again. Nice. P- you're going to see a lot of people go, if it's in 92, you're going to say 8% of these people should never watch NASCAR again. They don't know what a good NASCAR race is. I agree with you. I'm not saying it's justified. I just think that's what's going to happen because there's enough troll type people that are going to find a reason not to. So, um,
1: close circuit to Marcus Smith. I know you listen to this podcast, you're a fan of the podcast. Could you do me a favor tomorrow? I need you to copy a link to the poll. I need you to send a company wide email to Speedway Motorsports employees saying, I need you to vote yes in this poll. We need to sell some tickets for Atlanta, we need to get some excitement. And, uh, you know, that's, that's,
0: uh, that's not going to make it. You know how many people voted in the Daytona 500 poll? 31,309. So I don't think whatever the employment level of Speedway Motorsports every, is going to make it. Every
1: vote counts, Jeff. They all add up. Okay. sure. So FYI, Marcus need a favor here, bud.
0: Well, let's talk about Las Vegas really quick before we go, because now the real season does start. And I'm excited about that I because <laughs> we have so many unanswered questions. We, We've all this time we've talked about, you know, we had our preseason episodes. We had the clash. We had Daytona 500. Now this, we really don't know who's going to be good yet. We really don't. I mean, no. we have no idea. Nobody does. I mean, you had drivers and crew chiefs all weekend. You know, people are asking them, oh, what's going to happen at Vegas? We're like, well, we're all going to find out together. We, we don't know. We don't know what the new um, Ford and Toyota bodies are, are going to do. We, we don't know if Chevy is going to be able to still, you know, sort of maintain, or are they going to fall off a cliff? We have no idea. So we're about to find out. We're about to find out on intermediate track at Las Vegas next week. And then we're, you know, somewhat short track, um, at Phoenix. So I, do, do you have any
1: guesses? I mean, do you, I do have one? no guesses. I mean, that's okay. the thing It's like, you could make a guess, but I, what am I basing on? All we can say is you talk to people in Toyota camp, they're very confident. They like their car a lot. They feel like they, they nailed it with this car. And so that, you know, and that's a group that really isn't a talkative group. They don't really boast a lot. Um, you very rarely hear them kind of puff up their chest. So for them to say that, you're like, you like you, you take note of that. That means something. Um, so I, I don't have any guesses. I think it's gonna be very interesting because Toyotas for the last few years, have been very good on these mile-and-a-half racetracks. It's given them a sense of, uh, I don't want to say it, bulletproof, but it, it made them feel very, very confident when you went to Vegas and Kansas and these other places, and especially in the playoffs, and you'd see Hamlin and Truex and Redick, you know, Bubba, Kurt, win these races. Um, if they go to Las Vegas, and all of a sudden, not only are they not fast, like they thought they were going to be, which is a stomach punch, And then all of a sudden your superiority your safety net which you felt like you had is gone that is that's huge and the ramifications um are huge
0: yeah i totally agree with you and i don't really have a sense either i mean i mean i could make a case for all three manufacturers performing well i i just i have no idea i really don't uh this was really fun uh obviously we were we were sort of like punch drunk here on a high because this was this was a blast it, it's this is one of those nights where you're just like man i cannot wait to talk about this i'm so glad i have a podcast it reminds me a little bit of kansas one last year where it's just like this is awesome so um pretty great we'll remember this night for a long time uh-huh. everybody um thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time on the teardown see everybody check out dirty mode media on twitter facebook TikTok,
1: and Instagram.